listening to Give God 90, where we're not afraid of the tough biblical questions, because we will dig through the language, the culture, and the history to find the truth revealed in the words of our Creator. certainly do appreciate it. My name is Jerry Mitchell, sitting behind, beside me. Behind me? You're not behind me, you're beside me. <laughs> it is the recently repaired Myra. Hi, everyone. Um, three weeks from surgery now, right? Yes. Okay. And still doing the, the little pulley exercise thingies and all that kind of good stuff. Waiting for another week before we go, two weeks before we take you up to see if they'll let you do anything else. Right. So, Coming along uh, better than than some people would think, and not fast enough for what I want. <laughs> we have company coming in a few weeks, and we need to get ready for that. So, and there's certain things that she won't allow me to do. There's certain rooms that she won't allow me to clean because there's things in there she doesn't want me to throw away. <laughs> You should see the look on her face. This is you ought to be glad we're not live on TV right now. <laughs> anyway, we're uh, not doing poorly today at all. It's kind of a cloudy, dreary day where we live. I hope your day looks better, um, unless you need rain, of course. And then, well, you know, you need rain. You need rain. Uh, if you're new to us, thank you for joining. I usually try to give. Uh, a few minutes here to start, so people that want to tune in live have the opportunity to do that. By the way, chat is open this morning. If you want to leave a, a comment, you can do that. If you like what you hear, don't forget the like buttons and share buttons. If you so choose, we appreciate it when people uh, decide to follow us because that kind of helps boost all the ratings and all that good stuff and helps people. It just makes it easier. You know, People say, oh, there's, you know, people listening to this maybe i should check it out and if they like what they hear hopefully they do too not sure how you might have found out about us but you know we'll take it because we're out right we're at a lot of places right now um you know thanks to spreaker they put out a lot of good stuff um today we're looking at is it inspired or is it sacred what do we think is inspired what do we think is sacred are we looking at it um the way they looked at it years ago. And I think what you're going to hear is, like everything else, you know, those, definition, those definitions have changed. Uh, and I, I will admit, I, about three or four years ago is where I got the idea to do this. I just haven't been able to put it together to have it make sense yet until um, the other day. It finally came together, and I said, ah, that's how I need to address this. But about three or four years ago, I was invited to a seminar. Uh, it was given by an extremely brilliant gentleman. Uh, this this fellow, he, he is a philosophy guru, basically. His name's Skip Moen, and he's probably one of the most knowledgeable people I know uh, who can speak about philosophy. He's not a philosopher, but he speaks about philosophy and the way it affects everybody and, and the way we view things. Uh, to, to give you an example, 
he had already had a bunch of letters in front of his name, and he went to a little college uh, over in Europe named Oxford, and uh, he acquired another doctorate in a period of about three months. They wouldn't give it to him uh, that early. They said, no, you have to stay and wait until, you know, the graduating class. I think I think what they really wanted was his uh, tuition money. Uh, but he had completed everything that he needed to complete for this doctorate in 90 days. Now, that's kind of impressive if you know anything about doctorate degrees. You know, he he realized that he needed to play the game, and he played the game and gave them what they wanted to hear. He didn't agree with most of what he wrote, but it's what the professors wanted to hear. It's what they wanted to, to make him try to uh, ingrain in his mind. Um, the one, one of the, the greater things that I took away from that, uh, among others, is that each of us must decide for ourselves what we consider to be either inspired or to be sacred. Now, when we think about something being inspired or something being sacred, we often think about either the Holy Spirit or the Bible, right? But today, maybe our definitions are a little different. Uh, we define sacred today as being connected with God or the little gods with the little g, either one, you know, the, the creator or some of the uh, other divine beings. Or uh, we can consider it dedicated to a religious purpose and deserving uh, veneration. But in 1828, Noah Webster, he had a different idea. Now, he realized that something being sacred, there's more depth and detail than just, oh, it comes from some divine source, right? He... he actually defined it as coming from the Latin sacred sacred or holy or even cursed and damnable you know and and we see a sense of things being removed from that which is common or vulgar it could be polluted uh, could be accursed could be rejected or banished and then he begins looking down uh, the way those things operate it if it's holy, it's pertaining to God. It could be proceeding from God. Uh, could be writing facts about God. Could be relating to religion. Could be consecrated. Uh, it may be entitled to reverence. Or it may be uh, something sacred from a different divine being. So the concept of sacred has actually evolved over the years, right? But... For the purpose of today's topic, what I, I want to stay with a definition of it's actually set apart, it's upheld, it's given reverence. We're going to think of sacred uh, as most people might think of the Bible being written. Uh, so we're not looking for the unholy things that, that those folks might consider, you know, evil people might consider to be sacred. Uh, you know, some of the Luciferian writings, some of the... Um, uh, satanic temple writings. That's not what we're going to look at as sacred. We're going to consider 
the holy writings sacred. Uh, but there are um, there are people who who consider the Bible sacred. You know, some of us though, um, many many believe that the Bible is actually the the word of the Creator given to various men, so they could write it down and we would have it forever. But uh, there are those who who define it differently. They they define the Bible as the inspired word of God. In other words, it was God who simply inspired someone to write down what they thought God might maybe have them write down. You see the difference in that. Sacred, as we see it, as some see it, actually believe that the Bible are, is the word of God and, and it was given to men to write down. Others think that God inspired men to write something good down. It's kind of a hard difference to, to take into account, isn't it? But even the word inspired has suffered the same evolution of definition. In 1828, uh, Webster wrote, informed or directed by the Holy Spirit. Today, we define it differently. It's of extraordinary quality as if arising from some external creative impulse. You know, they had to thank the goalie for some inspired saves. Or if you're talking about uh, another person exhibiting a creative impulse in the activity specified. You know, maybe they could say uh, that she was an inspired gardener. Maybe he was an inspired speaker. Amazing. Inspiration from Webster was simply breathing. It's different. You can be inspired or you can have inspiration. Inspiration was breathing in, right? While today, that's the second definition. The primary definition of being uh, is being Mentally stimulated. If you have inspiration, you are mentally stimulated. But it's all connected. Of course, we know from our previous podcast that we've talked about spirit being air and breath, right? So as you breathe in, you are inhaling the, the spoken breath of the Almighty as He created, right? Now... I need you to pay some attention here. Okay, are you listening close? When the Almighty spoke this universe into creation, His breath, and therefore His Spirit, went out from His mouth, right? And it made things happen. So the air that we breathe contains that Spirit of the Creator. Does that make sense? Okay, you're shaking your head yes. Yes. Okay. As long as I'm saying things that make sense. Now, there's a problem. There's a problem. Because there are now also unholy spirits that ride in that same air. Right? Because you can have the Holy Spirit, which is breath. You can have the unholy spirit, which is also air, breath, wind, 
you follow that, right? So not only does the air that we breathe in have the possibility of uh, containing that, that spirit of the Almighty, it has the possibility of containing the spirit or spirits of unholiness as well. Kind of not so uh, happy when you think about it that way, isn't it? No. <laughs> we, we, we often don't think about these things. And when you, when you take it down to knowing that the same air that contains the Holy Spirit can also contain unholy spirits, we have to go back and we look at what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, right? As he's, he's finishing his letter to the Ephesians, he's told them all of these things, and he begins uh, in the last chapter, verse 10, with the word finally. And then he goes on for a while. <laughs> but we're you're going to read uh, Ephesians six ten through seventeen, and then we're going to take a really close look at some of these things. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His great power. Wear the full armor of God. Wear God's armor so that you can fight against the devil's evil tricks. Our fight is not against people on earth. We are fighting against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness. We are fighting against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. That is why you need to get God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. And when you have finished the whole fight, you will still be standing. So stand strong with the belt of truth tied around your waist. And on your chest, wear the protection of right living. And on your feet, wear the good news of peace to help you stand strong. And also use the shield of faith. With that, you can stop all the burning arrows of the evil one. Accept God's salvation to be your helmet. And take the sword of the Spirit. That sword is the teaching of God. Okay. <clears throat> now, Paul understands that you know we don't have to fight each other because we've got uh, bigger fish to fry, right? We have these uh, unholy spirits that ride in the air that we breathe. And that's what he's talking about. He's telling them this because we are constantly under attack from the unholy spirits that catch that free ride on the original breath of creation. Uh, if we follow the Creator's instructions by keeping his word next to us or close to us, that helps us recognize these unholy spirits and defeat them. Uh, with truth, with right living, or living the way we're designed to live, the gospel of peace, which is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, remember that. You see the shield of faith. Uh-huh. How about... Some of you might not recognize Shema Yisrael, Yehovah Eloheinu, Yehovah Akkad. Some of you might say, listen or hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Right? That's your shield of faith, putting your trust, putting your faith where it deserves to be placed. Because of our faith, our trust is in what David writes in Psalm 91. I will say 
of Yehovah. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, I, in him I will trust. And then finally, you know, we have this helmet of salvation. And in <laughs> quite literally in the Hebrew, it says, take the hat. Yehovah is our salvation. You know, when you have that knowledge, because each of these things, you know, it, it reads like you're preparing a uniform for battle. But think about this. You're, you're going to put on this belt, right? The belt of truth. Well, when you tuck something under your belt, it's, it's important. You want to keep it with you, right? You want, you want to know it's there. Um, many times soldiers uh, will have a belt and it keeps their weapons handy. Police officers have a belt that keeps the things, the tools of their trade handy and close by. Even Batman has a utility belt, right? It keeps everything he needs close by and handy. You've got to keep that, that truth close to you. You carry the shield, the, the things that actually uh, protect you. And if your shield of faith is properly polished and oiled and whatever material you can imagine it's made out of, it will help protect you because you are going to understand that the almighty creator of the universe is the one that you trust. That helmet of salvation you keep in your head, not the fairy tales that people want to feed you, but you keep foremost in your head that your salvation comes from the almighty. And then we have the sword of the creator. You know, that is amazing. A lot of people... Uh, they they want to think of this sword, you know, this two-edged sword. But it's the word of the Almighty. Now, a sword can be used either defensively or it can be used offensively, right? We can use it to defend ourselves when we're under attack by the Holy Spirits or we can use it to attack the unholy spirits when we uncover them. Think about that. Most people don't realize how important this is. Now, a lot of people want to use it only one way or the other. But it's used both ways. You can attack the unholy, or you can defend yourself from the unholy. It all depends on what is necessary at the time. Being aware of these things help us maintain that condition of readiness. Now, Paul describes this really as getting ready for a battle. He says we fight against. Our, our fight, our battle, our uh, competition is against these unholy spirits. Because they invade, we must be constantly on guard. It is absolutely possible for us to be influenced and inspired by unholy spirits. They're around us all the time. But being aware, being in that condition of readiness, just like a trained soldier, just like a trained officer, just like any 
anybody who has ever worked in security, you must, you must be ready at all times. Now, if you've been listening for more than a couple of episodes, it should be pretty easy to recognize. I do think that uh, the Bible that we have is actually sacred and not inspired. Uh, I consider it to be the word of the Creator given to the writers over the years as they wrote it down. I don't think that the Almighty put a, a really nice thought in somebody's head and uh, said, you know, you should write something about this. You know, because we know Moses said God spoke directly to him, right? Spoke directly to Moses, spoke directly to Aaron. And he said, here's what I want you to do. So they wrote down what he wanted them to do. We know that. David, you know, how would David know what to write down uh, when Yeshua would need to recite Psalm 22? How did David know? You know, can you get that by inspiration or you do you get that because it was given to you? Also, don't forget in Second. Uh, in First Chronicles, I believe it is, just before uh, the end of David's life, he is actually given the temple services by the hand of God. God handed him what he wanted done in the temple. He said, these are, the, these are those temple services that you're going to use. Those things have since been lost to antiquity, but I have a feeling they might not be as lost as we think we as we might think they are. Um, those things, I believe, are going to be located. Uh, I won't say located. I'm going to say revealed in the near future. That just doesn't happen by inspiration. That happens by intervention. That happens because somebody gives you something and says, "Here, I want you to have this and to share it." Did Jeremiah or Isaiah or any of the other prophets who were able to write, Thus saith the Lord, how could they write that if it wasn't his words? If it was simply his idea put into their head, and here, go write something nice about this, they would not have the authority to say, Thus saith the Lord. We know that some of the things written in the New Testament have been altered, almost to the point of perversion at times. And we have many witnesses that prove the New Testament uh, was written in Hebrew. You know, Papias, for instance, <laughs> sorry, most of you uh, Greek pastors out there or Greek teaching pastors out there. Papias writes, Mark, having become the interpreter of Peter, wrote down accurately whatever he remembered. It was not, however, in the exact order that he related the sayings or deeds of Yeshua. I know a lot of people think that the New Testament was written in Greek, but if Peter couldn't write it down in Greek and Mark had to translate it for him, then originally it was in Hebrew. Uh, he goes on to say that Matthew, now this is Papias writing, Matthew put together the oracles of the Almighty in the Hebrew language, and each one interpreted them as best he could. 
we have today several uh, examples of Hebrew Matthew uh, from all over the world. I believe there's uh, over a hundred full transcripts now from as early as the 700s. Those were original uh, Hebrew documents, not Greek documents. All of the early church fathers who mention language at all all agree about these things from Clement of Alexandria, Papias, Tertullian, and even later, Jerome. While the original sacredness of the New Testament would be unquestionable, the additions made to the letters we must question. Okay? What I'm saying here is we have to figure out what was changed. And we can do that. We can do that. It's our duty to do that, but we have to wear that belt of truth because we have inherited lies, just like Jeremiah said uh, in Jeremiah sixteen nineteen. If we guard ourselves with truth, you know, we we put that that belt of truth on that breastplate that protects our heart, the boots that protect our feet, the helmet that keeps us focused on what is important and we carry that sword you know they they come those things come from the armory that is in the throne room of heaven okay now any inspiration we have that does not glorify the creator is not from the holy spirit it's from a non-holy spirit and it will most likely glorify self or some other human being uh, and that is actually replacing the creator of the universe with a lesser God with a little g. If you want to make sure that your inspiration uh, is from your creator and not from the created, there's an easy way to do that, of course. You can, um, <laughs> you can learn to live the way you are designed to live and follow his instructions. You know, don't try doing things your own way and depending on uh, grandma's old wives tales, right? Don't depend on, on pastor pick a name, you know, because what they're going to tell you might not come from the Bible. It might come from their own doctrine. It might come from their own idea. It might have been what they say might be inspired by an unholy spirit. And especially if they're trying to glorify themselves and, and they might argue that they're not trying to glorify themselves but I, you know what? If they're if they're begging you to send them five dollars a week, they're glorifying themselves. Just saying, what you do with your money is your business. And if you if you really want to find somebody to glorify, you know, go to giveguys90.com, hit the support button. We're always willing to take your money. We don't turn that down, not for most people anyway. You can depend uh, and rely completely on what the Creator is saying when it's revealed through the Holy Spirit. If it's truly inspired by the Holy Spirit, you can depend on that completely. You, and don't be afraid to ask for confirmation. You know, what a lot of people refer to as throwing out the fleece. Gideon wanted to make sure that what he was hearing was real. And so he said, look, I need, because I don't, I don't, want this to be for me. I need this to be from you. He says, I'm going to lay this fleece out. 
Okay? And, and it's going to be wet and the ground's going to be dry. And he gets up the next morning and, okay. Well, just to make sure that, you know, on the off chance that something weird didn't happen, we're going to do this again, but it's going to be just the opposite. The ground's going to be dry, but the fleece is going to be wet. And the next morning he gets up, and that's the way it was. He says, now I have the confirmation I need. I know it didn't come from me. I know it didn't come from an unholy spirit. I know this comes from the Almighty. I will do whatever you tell me to do here from here on out. Right? It's okay to ask for confirmation. It's okay to uh, question yourself. Make sure that it's not what you want, but it's what the Almighty wants to, and how he wants to work through you. If you need some help uh, figuring out any of the other things, maybe you need some help trying to figure out, well, am I on the right track? GiveGodNani.com is the place you want to go uh, because we start you out taking little steps, turning your life around. You probably didn't get where you are uh, all at one time. Chances are you need to figure out how to get back on the right track, and we can help with that if you go to GiveGodNoney.com. It's out there free. takes most people go ahead and spend the whole 90 days, and they really have been uh, blessed. They've turned their life around. They've improved their lives. They've improved the lives of the people around them, and that's how you do that. You just start walking that journey one step, one day at a time. Little bitty things you can do that you can live with. It's not hard. It's not made to be hard, and it shouldn't be difficult. Moses, you know, when, when he wrote, you know, the instructions we have from the Almighty, you know, they're not up in heaven. You don't have to fly up to heaven to get them. They're not across the ocean. You don't have to swim the ocean to, to have them. They're right here in front of you. The tools are there. All you have to do is pick the right tool, Right? Is it inspired? Is it sacred? I, my opinion, the Bible was not inspired. The Bible is sacred. It was uh, given to the, the people who were willing to write down the words exactly the way it was given to them. If it would have been inspired, there's no way they could say, Thus saith the Lord. It would have been impossible. But there's places in there where... It's obvious. Uh, you can say, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? Everyone be blessed and thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, you know, those like buttons, share buttons, follow buttons, please use them. Pass this around because you need to hear it. Your family and friends need to hear it and your enemies need to hear it too. Until Thursday, have a blessed week, everyone. Thank you.